0: You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Raffiti and Eurosimos. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 84 of Here for the Truth Podcast. As always, we have an incredible guest for you. Today is no different. We have Etienne de la Boetti Squared in the house. Etienne is an organized crime researcher, educator, and professional speaker. He is the author of Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed, where he makes the case that government is illegitimate, was never intended to protect life, liberty, and property, but has always been used by intergenerational organized crime to rob and enslave, and they have been getting away with it through a partnership with the media to widely control perception. He is a voluntarist, author, father, technology entrepreneur ex-Wall Streeter, cyclist, runner, hot yogi, multidisciplinary and truther, armchair economist, cryptocurrency enthusiast, and a neo-abolitionist. And that's as far as I want to get into that bio, Etienne. Thank you so much for being here for the truth.
1: It is great to be with you and with your audience.
0: Oh, man. So just to kick this one off, could you give us a brief little history in, into your journey, how you began to open your own eyes to this, and what led you to really pursue this path of exposing the biggest scam in history.
1: So I, so years ago in my youth, I was a researcher at one of the big four think tanks in Washington, DC. And uh, I had access to a $3,000 a month Nexus, Nexus terminal and Lexis Nexus was kind of the internet before the internet. And here in the United States, uh, there was a bombing of a federal building in Oklahoma City. Uh, in 19, I think it was 1993. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I began using my Alexis Nexus terminal to get the story that was coming out of Oklahoma City. And it was very, very different than the story that was coming out of the mainstream media. And so the alternative media and the local media were telling one story, the mainstream media was telling another. And so I began researching it with all of the tools that I had at my disposal working at a think tank. And I very quickly came to the understanding that the FBI and ATF were behind the, uh, this bombing known as the Oklahoma City bombing. And so to give you know, your audience a little background, back then what was going on is that uh, the ATF and the FBI had just been uh, kind of uh, – they just murdered 80 men, women, and children um, assaulting a church in Texas, in Waco, Texas. Uh, and then the media helped cover them, helped cover that up. But, uh, you know, people that were paying attention realized what was going on. And they're like, hey, the FBI and the ATF just murdered 80 men, women, and children at this church in Waco. We need to start organizing a militia, legal, lawful, constitutional militias. And so militias were on the rise in the United States as people realized that you know that the government was corrupt and they had just you know murdered these people and 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 the media had helped cover it up. And so, uh, so there was a growing militia movement. And so, what I believe happened is they made a decision that they were going to tar this developing militia movement. It's a cheap special forces guy by the name of Timothy McVeigh. Hmm. You know, they had him go to some. You know some quote-unquote patriot or you know white supremacist things and then uh had you know then uh, essentially blew up this federal building a daycare center in the federal building killing a number of different children um and uh and uh none of the physics worked and so a u.s air force brigadier general by the name of bitten k parton who actually ran the u.s air force's armament weapons testing laboratory where he built where he blew up buildings a living comes out and goes no 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 that was not you know there, there's no way that this rider truck full of ammonia nitrate fuel oil explosive could have done the damage there's evidence of busan damage where you have got you know charges that had to be placed inside the building the building Blue, not. You would expect. You know, if the truck bomb was in front of the building, everything would have been blown into the building. That's not what you saw. What you saw was everything being blown across the street, as if the explosives were placed in the building. Hmm. And then it was the first time that I'd ever seen anything go down the memory hole. And so uh, during the during the you know the the uh, uh, the res- first responders that arrived on the scene in Oklahoma, um, they found other explosives in the building. And you had the governor of Oklahoma, you had the mayor of Oklahoma City doing press conferences talking about that they found other explosive devices in the building. You had video of them coming up and removing the other bombs from the building. They actually left people trapped in the rubble, you know, like where their legs were trapped under something. They're like, well, we're just gonna remove these bombs and then we'll be back for you, you know, we'll see you in a second kind of a thing. And so the so uh, General Benton K. Parton put together a multi you know page report on this. He hand delivered it to over sixty members of Congress, uh, and the media just would not would not touch it. Even though you've got uh, you've got one of the uh, you know the Air Force's leading experts in explosives and blowing up buildings saying that the entire official story was impossible. And so uh, so the next day all of the, the all of that information about the, the the other bombs in the building it all just disappeared it was gone and the media just never talked about it again even though there had been all these different you know you know reports about it and so uh i began researching this like i said with all the tools available with me you know working at one of the, one of the you know uh, you know where the world's leading think tanks And I very quickly came to the, you know, the conclusion that the ATF and the FBI were running an operation uh, to tar the developing militia movement as white supremacist baby killers, which is exactly, you know, what the general public thought had just happened. And so everything that I developed in my investigation eventually came out in in something called the Oklahoma Independent Bombing Committee Investigation Committee, where a state uh, representative and elected state rep within Oklahoma put together some of the leading citizens of Oklahoma City and they did a you know a, a very thorough investigation. They came to the conclusion that the government was behind it. And then everything that they developed and and you know essentially echoing what I developed came out in a document in an award winning documentary called A Noble Lie. And that documentary you can get for free on BitChute or Odyssey or, you know, some of the non-YouTube platforms. And, uh, you know, if you watch it, you'll probably come to the exact same conclusion that the government blew up a daycare daycare center full of kids. And so when that happened, I began paying attention, you know, and also collecting evidence and uh, organizing that evidence into uncensorable flash drives that we call the Liberator. Uh, uh, but all of that was really what got me started. Is when I realized that the FBI and ATF had blown up a daycare center to tar the developing religion.
2: Man, it's just it's just wild when you think about. It. I feel like there's some parallels too with what's happening in, uh, in the world today. Like
1: what? What's the next question I want to ask here? I'll tell you, why don't I, why I just take you through some of the basics of like of like of my philosophy and where I come from, and then that would probably help. i probably set the table for the audience, yep. but the first thing that you the audience needs to understand is I'm something called a voluntarist, and a voluntarist is someone that believes that all relationships between human beings should be voluntary. Uh, nobody gets to use violence or extortion or threat on anybody else. Uh And that essentially prohibits you from having any kind of government, and that all governments are essentially illegitimate. There's no way to have a a legitimate government. You can't have it through coronation. You can't have it through an election. Uh, You know, uh, if there's 10 of us on an island— There's no way for six of the people to get the ability to use violence or extortion on the other four. Nobody, you know, the six can't vote and say, hey, you four are going to do all the work because there's six of us and there's four of you. And so it doesn't matter if there's 10 people or 100 people or 331 million people, there's no magical additional person. what is inherently illogical and immoral now moral and logical because the mob wants to lynch black folks or rob peter to pay paul and so you can't have it you know you can't delegate a right that you don't have yourself so here in the United States you know the supposedly we the, the government gets the gets the ability to do all the things that it does from we the people but if I myself don't have the ability to, uh, to take your money or make up rules for you myself, then I can't delegate a right that I do not have myself to a representative or to a government to do something that I don't have the ability to do myself. And, uh, you know, you can't be bound by a social contract you get signed. So government has essentially been the biggest scam in history. And they get away with it. The subtitle of the book is how intergenerational organized crime runs the government and the media. And they've been getting away with it because they've been controlling the information that society receives through this control of academia and control of the media. And on the academia side, in the United States, we're forced to go to, to a government school Or a government teacher teaches us that the government is legitimate before you're old enough to really evaluate the logic and morality of that claim. And even if you go to a private school here in the United States, private schools all have to teach the exact same curriculum to be accredited. And so that curriculum is that, you know, we get to rule you, you owe us your money, whether or not you choose to vote for us, whether or not you believe in government, whether or not you, you know, you think the whole thing's a scam, uh, you know, we've got guns, you're going to pay. And so, uh, so that's essentially been the scheme. And then the media is in on it. Uh, because the, the intergenerational organized crime system that runs the government, it's not really the government, it's an organized crime system using government as a technique to rob and control the, the population. When I say intergenerational, it goes all the way back to royalty. And so royalty was the original you know, intergenerational organized crime. You know, you're going to uh, pay, pay me money. Or we're going to hurt you, and when when you know when monarchy and the divine right of kings fell out of favor, what I believe is my thesis in the book is that they developed you know democracy, where they're tricking the people into thinking that they have a say in the elections, but because it's organized crime at the top, because they're willing to lie, and cheat, and steal, they're always going to win the elections because they have a disparity of campaign funds. They have control of the media. They're willing to cheat. They're willing to, you know, use black box, unauditless, you know, voting machines. They're willing to use, you know, 20,000 mules. They're willing to, you know, do whatever it takes so that uh, the people think that it's legitimate until you realize how the scam works and you realize there can never, ever be a legitimate government, even if some people decide to vote for it. You know, it doesn't matter if some people decide to vote for it. Um, it's always going to be illegitimate. And so so that has been the biggest scam in history. And so what I do in the book, government, the biggest scam in history, is I break it down and I take people through uh, the scam, the twenty techniques, and you find out very quickly that the, these twenty techniques that we break down in the first part of the book, Really, uh, you know, we're, we're showing what that technique looked like in the United States. We're showing what it looked like in Nazi Germany. We're showing what it looked like in the Soviet Union. We're showing it what it looked like in East Germany. And so all of those countries are running the exact same playbook. And so it starts with giving you a flag. The flag is the artificially, I don't want to give away the whole book, but they slide yeah. it to the population as a religion. You all got to buy it.
2: You all got to buy it. There we go right there. <laughs>
1: They don't call it a religion, but they're using all the tools and the techniques of an unethically manipulative religion or a cult, slide religion to these kids before they're, you know, old enough to really evaluate what they're being said. And then they're using, you know, so you get the kids go to the the church school or the priest, the teacher is going to uh, teach them the common prayer of the Pledge of Allegiance. They're going to sing the hymns of the National Anthem, and they're going to learn uh, holy documents of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and they're going to be taken to Mecca, Washington, D.C., generally, in kind of middle school when they're young and impressionable. They're going to be taken into the of the capital that looks like the Vatican for a reason, where everything is huge and oversized. So you feel small and insignificant. And then they're taken to the temples and they're shown the deities of Lincoln and Jefferson, and it's very hushed, mm. very, it's very reverent. And they're slowly you know, immersed into this, you know, this uh, stew of religiosity around the flag and the government and everything like that. And then the media comes around, and then they're reinforcing it, because every channel, government's legitimate, government's legitimate, government's legitimate, government's legitimate. And not only is government legitimate, but they're using also little propaganda techniques. And so I break down in the book how the the government is behind 800 plus movies, 1,000 plus television shows that we know of, where they're giving you know the movies, you know uh, military equipment in exchange for making the government look legitimate and cool. And they frequently have script control, and they're using techniques like anchoring and product placement of the flag. And anchoring is a technique where the where the where you'll be in a movie, and they'll build you up to a moment of high positive emotion. And the example I always give is matt damon escaping mars is he going to make it off of mars no something went wrong he's not going to make it no he's going to make it boom and then boom they cut to earth and everybody's waving american flags and they cut to the mission control and there's giant american flags on the backboard and uh, you know on the on the you know the on the wall and and so now they've got you that moment of high positive motion they show you the flag and they've been doing that now that you yeah. know how it works. Now you're going to start noticing it all the time, and in our in our in the in our flash drive that acts up the book, we've got a video from you know the Michael Bay films, and in, in just like a, a small handful of Michael Bay films, he's got over 460 product placements of the flag, and they just cut like a little tiny segment where they show the flag, and they've got a counter and It's going Bing 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 as they as they you know roll through this movies, and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I've never noticed this before. And then you realize they're running game on you. It's they're running. They're, it's a con game. They're controlling the information the population has. I'm an ex Wall Street guy, and people when I say that, you know, like a lot of people, they're like, "You're saying that they own all. You're saying all of the the the, uh, the movie studios, and all of the newspapers, and all of the television stations are in on it." Yes. Because they're stealing trillions of dollars, and so the cost of owning the media—the couple hundred billion you have to spend to control the media—that's um, just a cost of doing business. That's the marketing budget yeah. on, on Wall Street. You know, like like hundreds of billions of dollars seems like a lot of you know a lot of money you know to 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 the average Joe, but on Wall Street we call that mice nuts. It might as well be free. The cost of owning the media, and so what you got is on the old media side, television and and radio and newspapers and movie theaters and everything like that, you've got six companies, six monopoly media companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries. We break it down, we show you media ownership charts in the book. Um, they're running hundreds of subsidiaries to give everybody the illusion that there's all these different information sources in society. And then on the new media side, internet, streaming, search, video sharing sites, etc. There's about two to three dozen sites that have been funded with kind of unlimited extra capital consolidate their own corner of the information food chain. And those companies those companies are the ones that have been caught deplatforming authentic voices, uh, demonetizing you know the alternative media, uh, de-indexing videos, uh, you know you know uh, 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 shadow banning Twitter accounts, And so you've got Google, Reddit, YouTube, Snopes, uh, Meetup, Discuss that does comments on thousands of websites, um, Amazon Prime streaming. Netflix streaming, et cetera. So those movies that the, that the government is paying Hollywood to make them, to make them look like government's legitimate, that's what you're seeing on Amazon Prime. That's what you're seeing on Netflix. And so the government's always the hero, you know, whether it's, you know, Tom Cruise as a CIA agent or as a government fighter pilot, or whether it's, you know, the president of the United States saving the planet from invading aliens, you know, uh, uh, the government's always the hero. And now that you understand that now you're going to see it all the time and you can't unsee it once you realize that this is going on. And so I'm trying to expose it in the book. I'm making it easy to understand in a picture book. Most people are visual learners. They come to insight much quicker. And so that's kind of what I'm about. And uh, that probably sets the table for the rest of the discussion.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Dev, definitely sets the table. I think you put a few platters down as well. Um so I want to ask you this question. Okay, so the founding of America, how how legitimate was mm-hmm. that? Because for many people that's the that's the birthplace of freedom, of independence, you know, f- for once we were able to, you know, wrench ourselves from communism and collectivism mm-hmm. and and things of that nature. Um so we, do you think all of that is is a continual part of the the monarchy transforming itself to Have control, or was was it something that became corrupted over time?
1: Yeah, it was. It was so. So again, you can never have a legitimate government. Yeah. And so, just you know, for for those, I mean, because I I, I assume we got an international audience, and for those that don't know the founding of the the story of the founding of the United States, I'm going to give you the version you're not going to get in a government school. All Mm -hmm. right. So there's about three million people living on this continent. Okay. And you get about uh, 50, you know, you get about 50 um, lawyers, politicians, and slave owners go into a room and they write down on a fancy piece of paper that they alone get to make up rules and steal the wealth of others. And then they have the newspapers proclaim that it's valid. And then they have an election where a couple hundred people vote. And then all of a sudden, everybody is required to pay taxes to these people that went into a room and wrote down during charge. And so the only reason anybody believes that that is legitimate, desirable, or necessary is because the government got to them when they were a kid, before they were old enough to really, you know, uh, understand the morality and the logic of the claim. And I've got a, I've got my favorite meme. I do a lot with memes in the book too, and it's got a little, you know, it's got a picture of the signing of the, you know, of the Constitution, and uh, you know, uh, Washington is pointing at the document, going, "Sign right here, where we give ourselves the ability to make up rules for everybody and steal the wealth of others." And so, it's a joke. It's, it's, it's just, it's like if you if you didn't learn it as a kid, you know, you wouldn't. And again, it's completely illegitimate because, again, you know, they say that it came from the that the ability for the government to do everything it does came from we the people. But you can't delegate a right that you don't have yourself. So, so if if the only the only people that were bound by the Constitution were the people that signed it, so you you know you can't have a contract. I can't write up a contract and have all of my neighbors. a party to a contract i wrote up and a couple of my friends signed and so it's been a scam it's been the biggest scam in history and some for you know that and so some version of that scam was then used you know on other countries and so like you know with nazi germany and the soviet union and, and and east germany all of those were supposedly republics all of those countries had constitutions all of those countries had bills of rights, and so because it's an organized crime system, they they don't care about the constitution. They don't care; it's a jo- it's a joke to those that are in charge, and so they just throw it right out the window, just like Hitler did, just like uh, you know Stalin did, just like uh, you know the East Germans did, and just like our government does. Our our government routinely violates the document that is supposed to you know to give it power. Now, the Constitution was supposed to protect life, liberty, and property, and it has failed miserably. It doesn't – it didn't limit government, and it doesn't protect even basic rights outlined in the Constitution. Anybody that thinks I'm you know, – doesn't believe that, go through an airport and try and explain to them that you have a Fourth Amendment you know uh go to a traffic stop and try you know in the united states and try and claim that you have a fourth amendment the government just doesn't care they just routinely violate it so it's a one-sided contract forced on everybody that the government doesn't pay attention to at all it's just 100 anytime they want to throw out the constitution they throw out the constitution george bush jr called it a goddamn piece of paper they're laughing at you for even believing in it in my opinion yeah, yeah. Etienne, the
2: there's there's a saying that people say often that presidents are are selected, not elected. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Do You think like the actual election process is valid at all, even if government is the biggest scam? Like, or do they do certain people get in a room, 200 people get in a room and go, this is who's going to be the next president for the next four years?
1: Uh, one, even worse than that so one of the things that that we're breaking down in the next version of the book and it's on my website it's on the art of liberty website uh but we break down like you know barack obama uh appears to be a a cia asset his his mom worked for the cia his mom were, well i sorry i apologize his, his his mom's father his grandfather was an apparent cia agent traveling all around the world putting his you know daughter in in like you know top schools in europe kind of a thing um uh she ended up working for the ford foundation which is a known cia front company uh her boss was a known cia agent um her uh uh let me get like i'm gonna get all my facts straight hold on a second um obama's mother worked for Timothy Geithner's father. Timothy Geithner was a U.S. uh, Secretary of the Treasury and the head of the New York Federal Reserve System. Okay, so what are the odds of that? Okay, supposedly uh, Obama is middle class, but he goes to one of the top schools in Hawaii, you know, the, the absolute number one top preparatory school in Hawaii um he was uh, uh there's there's a thing in the intelligence age called a created legend where they're going to you know give people unearned accolades and unearned things to create the legend that this is a special kind of person and so before obama was even out of college um you know so first of all he, he gets a full ride he gets he's given a full ride scholarship to think it was pepperdine uh, supposedly he went to, uh, wait, I'm drawing a, drawing a blank. Uh, um, uh, forget that, uh, oh, he went to Columbia. There's no students that remember him. His name does not appear on any of the rosters or school, thing, you know, like anything, but, but he got a degree from Columbia, but nobody remembers him and his name's not on anything, you know, related to the school. Uh, uh, Fox News contacted 400 of the, you know, of, of the members of that class, trying to find out if anybody knew Obama, and they, were, and they weren't able to find anybody. Um, uh, he went to Harvard, where he is uh, elected president of the Harvard Law Review, without writing a single article. Vanity Fair and the New York Times do profiles of Obama. Before he's even out of college, his first job out of college is at a company called Business International Corporation, which is a known CIA front company. He's given a teaching position, I think at the University of Chicago, where they give him an office and a stipend to work on his book. Okay uh he's given a book deal with an advance um i could go on and on and on and then when he gets to the power he essentially gives the cia everything that they want in afghanistan that's a direct quote from like leon panetta and so um we break that all down at the art of liberty website if you, you know create if you search for you know obama uh, you know created legend uh, you will find uh, everything that I just said, all the references, all the documents, you know, uh, you know, referenced out. And so what I think is, is that, you know, that that it's just a television show. It's yeah. a 100 percent television show. There's no difference between the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. And if you t- when you see them all competing in the debates and everything like that. They're competing to see who can be CEO of Murder Incorporated and be the front man who can lie to the, you know, who can lie, you know, the most convincingly, et cetera. And if you see them on that stage, they're already in on it to some degree or another. There's, you know, a couple of exceptions every now and then that make it, you know, to, you know, but for the most part, they never make it past the, you know, the, kind of the first round of cuts. And so the best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves. And so, uh, between the Republican and the Democratic Party, they are 100% aligned on all of the important issues to the, to the organized crime system. They're 100% aligned on, uh, on, on the Federal Reserve backstopping the money center banks to create money out of thin air using fractional reserve banking. They're 100% aligned on confiscatory taxation. They're 100% aligned on all of the wars. They're 100% aligned on them giving orders and you following them. And then they fight about football issues of abortion or, you know, uh, same-sex marriage or like whatever it is to, you know, essentially they've, what they've done is they've separated the country into these two very, the largest potential identifiable voting blocks. You've got urban conservatives. I'm sorry, urban liberals and rural conservatives. It's either red or blue. And then you're given this, what's called a Hobson's choice uh, of these two candidates. And a Hobson's choice is uh, old man Hobson ran a, 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 a livery stable and you could rent any, any horse that you wanted as long as it was the black one at the end of the row. And so it's like a fake choice. And so you're given, you know, government A or government B, but you're going to get governed whether you want to or not, and if you don't like it, then they've got a bunch of thugs, guns that have been th- been put through these unethically manipulative programs like scouting and, and explorers and JROTC and ROTC and military training and police training. By the time they get out of all of that, you can't reason with them. They don't really understand what's really going on. They're, they've been just indoctrinated into this belief system, and they're willing to use violence on peaceful people for politicians. And so they'll kill you if you don't, you know, if you don't do what they say. And so that's what it that's the reality. We're being tax farmed for half of our labor and overt taxes, covert taxes and inflation. And if you don't like it, they've got games guns that are going to deal with. You.
2: Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild to me, even if you just break down the meaning of the word or the etymology of the word government. Uh, I'm pretty sure it doesn't it just mean like government comes from gubernare, which is the control, and then mind is mente, m- the mind, Correct. so control the mind. Exactly. Is that, am I control accurate the mind. with that?
1: Yeah, and entertainment, by the way, because it's the government and the media working together, entertainment is enter, to enter. Pain means to hold or possess, and mente is the mind. So entertainment is to enter your mind and hold it and possess it, long enough to propagandize you or show you a commercial or product place the flag or use anchoring or whatever it is, or just distract you from the, yeah. from understanding what's really you know going on in the world. Uh, I don't know if like right now, what's going on right now is uh, there's a, there's a uh, HBO docu series called the anarchists. Okay, and by the way, I'm going to gonna tell your audience the big secret volunteerism is the rebranding of anarchy. And anarchy doesn't mean no rules. Anarchy means no rulers. But because the rulers don't want the population to know that there's an option on the menu called no rulers, they've changed the word for no rulers to mean chaos and dystopia. And in the book, I actually break down how they've changed the dictionary over time. I show you the 1820, 1827 definition of anarchy from the Webster's Dictionary, and then I compare it with the modern definition of anarchy from the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, so you can see how the word has been changed to chaos and dystopia, and then I break down who owns the dictionary. It's the Sacra Banking family, where the the former head of the Council on Foreign Relations sits on the editorial board and makes decisions about changing words like anarchy to mean chaos and dystopia. And so, uh, so this, you know, to give you an example of 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 how the propaganda works, uh, you know, they created a conference called Anarcoopolo in Acapulco, Mexico, that I've been going to since 2015. They funded, you know, a uh, a con man named Jeff Berwick to, you know, to crowd gather the modern voluntary anarchist movement, and then they smeared it and steered it uh, using the conference, and then they've they had a a And a team from uh, Blumhouse Television, who are who are got a string of propaganda hits behind them, and from HBO uh, to come in and tar everybody and make it look like uh, everybody that goes to the conference are scumbags and drug dealers and everything like that. And so I've been breaking that, you know, breaking it down how the propaganda works on our Substack at ArtOfLiberty.substack.com, and you can actually see. You know, in this one, you know, one example of, of you know, most people that are going to watch this, you know, docu on HBO, they're going to, they're going to think that anarchists are complete scumbags and drug dealers, and they've got PTSD and they're crazy and they're everything like that. Yeah. And that's how they do it. Do it because the television is the greatest weapon known to man. It's the most the control of perception can. They get you to believe that it's legitimate that they owe you money, that the government is legitimate, the elections are legitimate, that the whole thing is legitimate, that that the the ability to do that is worth trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. So what if they spend a couple hundred billion a year on – you know, producing just a never-ending, you know, stream of propaganda, some of it on anarchists, some of it on conservatives, some it, you know, and running conferences. And so the, the Anarchapulco Conference is a, was a, and Jeff Berwick is, is a complete clone of another conference series called Freedom Fest, where, in, where a known CIA guy, a known ex-CIA guy is running almost the exact same investor newsletter Plus media operation, plus conference, where they're steering the small L libertarian Republicans, and putting you know into a left-right paradigm, government's legitimate, and everything like that. And so they're steering these political movements, and they've been they've been caught steering the women's. I, I break down how they steered the women's march on Washington. They they steered they, they 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 took over the Tea Party movement, uh, Sarah Palin, Dick Army, and and tens of millions of dollars. For worked hijacked the small L libertarian uh, Tea Party movement and co-opted into the Republican Party and so they got millions of dollars to be able to hijack and you know and corrupt any movement to try and uh, you know try and uh, uh, bring it down in in, uh, in capulco conference in acapulco they're dealing drugs to the attendees the the, the cast of the, of the HBO docu series, uh uh the anarchists were the drug dealers at the conference they're selling cocaine and in drugs to the crowd and then they've got this they've got this you know group of propagandists that are filming the whole thing making it look like that's what everybody was up to and so they point the camera at literally the scummiest nastiest people that the majority of the conference are entrepreneurs and crypto investors and and digital nomads and like crazy high quality people, and they just take the camera and they point it at point two five of one percent of the conference, and they make it look like everybody at the conference is a scumbag. Can you? And so that's how they do it. Do it.
0: Can you give us the breakdown on on Berwick?
1: Yeah, he's a complete scumbag. He's a what I what I believe Berwick is 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 he is a he was a stock pumper. That pumped uh, penny stocks and pump and dump, you know, stock operations. He's got a modicum of charisma. He's an actor. We call him an actor, all right. And so, I th- I, what I believe is that they, uh, they get, and I break it down in the investigation at ArtOfLiberty.substack.com. Uh, and I believe they gave him a media operation. I believe that media operation was pumped up uh, uh, using CIA, Facebook, CIA, Twitter, CIA, YouTube, where his vid- videos are actually being distributed to subscribers and things like that, while authentic voices are being deplatformed, demonetized, deindexed, etc. So he crowd gathers the modern anarchy movement yeah. for the first couple of years when the when the conference was. Oh, he puts it into. He makes he puts the conference in Acapulco. They don't they don't want it to go boom. They want to keep it small and they want to stall it. So we're going to put it in Acapulco that. A lot of people won't go to because it's the most dangerous city in the hemisphere, fear, 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 fear. And because it's the most dangerous city in the hemisphere, fear, fear, nobody, you know, a lot of people won't even go to, you know, Mexico or Acapulco. It seems so, like, dangerous and everything. And so, and it's it's the seediest city in Mexico. So it's the like the Las, Acapulco is like Las Vegas of, of, you know, like Mexico. And they put it in seediest Las Vegas. He's an open con man. He'd been conning people for years, something called anarcho Condos and Galt Skulch Chile, and he had passport scams. And so he's a known bad guy. And anybody that, you know, anybody that watches his videos are entertaining, but they're completely worthless because you can't share them. Okay. So anybody that's seen an entertaining Jeff Berwick video, yeah, he'll share everything that's already out there that everybody already knows he's not going to break any news or anything like that he's just going to talk about the cia would rather you get hear it from them and from one of their guys so that he can gatekeep and he can mislead you at the right you know points in time and so that's essentially what he was doing is uh gathering the movement in the first couple of years it was legitimate Voluntary speakers, legitimate, voluntarist, anarchist speakers. And then around 2018, when it got big, I call it a switch. Here comes Judge Napolitano. Here comes, uh, you know, Dr. G-Spot. The, the, the content changes. A lot of the, they Some of the anarchy is still there, but it's they've got they're now running five different stages and so the chances of you walking into one of the stages and actually getting anything of value about anarchy or what's really going on in the world went down dramatically. Uh, at the same time, the level of es seediness went up. They were doing ayahuasca ceremonies for 50-plus people, which is horrible. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. They're dealing drugs to the crowd. They're promoting controlled opposition voices. While minimizing the authentic voices, they're doing things like they were trying to charge us ten thousand dollars to have a table. So I was a speaker. Uh, the only reason they let me on the main stage was because I had, it's, that book was the best-selling book at an Arcapulco in 2018 and 2019, and so it would have looked suspicious if if they hadn't made me a main stage speaker. Uh, uh, but like, that's very, very rare for like an authentic voice to get up, you know, once the, they'd kind of done the bait switch, they brought in a White House connected, uh, you know, PR person by the name of Jessica Kill that's got Facebook photos of her with the Obamas, her with Joe Biden and other people like that. And she just runs the, you know, runs the conference into the ground. I think they threw it away. I think they got to the point where they couldn't steer it. And so I don't don't know if your audience is familiar with Occupy Wall Street, but that was another, you know, intelligence agency, you know, front group to try and steer, you know, a political movement. And then once they couldn't steer it, they just threw it in the trash can. And so in one night, uh, Occupy Wall Street movement, the Department of Justice with 20 around, I think it's around 20 different local police forces around the country working in unison. In one night they came and they scooped up uh occupy wall street movement and they threw it into the trash can when i say they threw it in the trash can they, in some cities they had bulldozers that came up and just scooped up the tents and the backpacks and anything that you know the people left as they're running away from the police with their you know tear gas and whatever and They threw it all into the trash can and i think once they realized they couldn't hear the conference because people like me and other authentic voices we're you know we're being effective with the crowd we're getting the message out we're getting the book out we're getting the, the flash drives out with all the evidence of government criminality once they realize that they're not going to be able to hear this because we're just too smart for them they just like and, and we were on to them and like it was getting out this controlled opposition operation a lot of people were talking about it You know, nobody trusted berwick everybody realized that he was a scumbag and so they just essentially threw it away, and now they you know there's the carcass the carcass of an archipulco lived on and they're fleecing you know the they're fleecing the audience and still running the same game, but now they there was only a 100 people there last year, and they charged them 1200 bucks and just ripped them off and so that's really the name of the game and how they do it do it
0: Wow, incredible man so where, where can people go to for authentic anarchy? moving
1: forward? Uh, artofliberty.org <laughs> or uh, government-scam.com but there are, you know, like, like, you know, some of my famous, you know, my favorite volunteerists are uh, James Corbett, mm-hmm. uh, Larkin Rose, um, Tragedy and Hope run by, uh, run by Richard Grove, who also runs Autonomy, which is a great way to, you know, take, you know, to, to kind of unlearn everything that you did. It's an online course that, you know, that, that has been very, very successful for like seven or eight seasons. And so there, there's a lot of legitimate voices out there, but if you see it being pumped by Jeff Berwick, then you you can't trust it at all because uh, you know again I you can find out my complete breakdown of how the scam works at artofliberty.substack.com. At the end, I love everything you're
2: talking about, and I'm all about no masters above, no slaves below. But like, what do you say to someone who goes, look, there there are evil people out there. There are people who take advantage. Like who like who's going to like, in, in like, what's your ideal society? What does it look like? And then what do you do with people who, let's say, are psychopathic or who, who aren't going to be able to, um, I don't know, live a, an ethical life?
1: So it's a great question. And the, so so the, the big secret, you know, like kind of the good news message of the book, it's really volunteerism. The world is a self-organizing system. It produces spontaneous order. And everything that the government does, if you think about it, it's really they're their provider of goods and services. Like, like I mean, there, there's re- besides the redistribution, but but the overwhelming thing that the government does is is provide services. Whether that service is armed protective services that they call the police, heat resolution that they call the courts, uh, the the postal service, Amtrak, air traffic control, uh, charity. You know all the things that the government does would be better done faster, cheaper, better by the free market, by mutual aid societies, by real charity, by nonprofits. Um, You would still have the police, but you it wouldn't be the monopoly police, and they wouldn't have rights that you don't have. And what I mean by that is is you have the right to defend your, you know, your, your, your person and your property. That's a right that you possess. You can delegate that right to a security company like BARDA or ADT or West Tech or, you know, any of these other security companies that provide armed protective response today. And you can call them just like you'd call 911 and a guy with a gun training and a, you know, in a vehicle and everything shows up just like it would today. But that guy, and it would probably cost you less money overall and probably 50 bucks a month. And it would probably come with an alarm system. And you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about? Like alarm system monitoring and the things that the, that the private security companies do, the government doesn't do. Okay, better. So you're, you're already getting like more benefits and features and things like that from the, from the private, you know, uh, private companies. And so, uh, but when that guy shows up, he doesn't have rights that you don't have. He can't arrest your neighbor for smoking a plant. If you're having a, a, a you know a poker game in your house, he can't kick in the door and arrest everybody for gambling like the police do regularly here in the United States, or they you know get you having a poker game, something like that. Um, it can only protect life, liberty, and property. And that makes sense. Like that's logical, right? Yep. And and if they're rude to you, boom, you <clears throat> fire them. You're like, I'm going with Garda. You know, I'm moving. I got move, I'm like your 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 guard, your security guard was rude and disrespectful to me. Uh, I'm no longer using your services. And so that market dynamic is going to produce a better outcome. If you had ADT and West Tech and Garda competing for who got more restitution, competing for who better protected you know, neighborhoods. Uh, you know, where where you could see the reviews on Yelp and see, you know, where, they, where they're they falling down or whatever. If you had that market dynamic, you're going to get a better outcome. Now, most people have never, ever, 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 ever thought about it. And the government at school is not going to tell you that the world is a self-organizing place that produces a spontaneous order and that the market can satisfy all these things. But, you know, as another example, Canada, it privatized air traffic control. There's no planes dropping out of the sky in Canada, you know. Uh, Amtrak loses money every single year. Uh, they've lost so much money. The, the think tank that I used to work at, okay, uh, did a study on Amtrak years ago. This was this was uh, this was two decades ago at least, and they figured out it would actually be cheaper to shut down Amtrak and buy every single person that uses amtrak a coach class airline ticket to their destination the government would save money shutting down amtrak and buying every single person that uses it a coach class ticket on an airliner to the destination versus the government running amtrak and so that's huge economic misallocation of resources and so so once you get the government's parasite class, this, this crooked middleman out of the way, people are spending their own money. They're doing it with charities that just now they've got everybody. Imagine if you gave everybody their money back and imagine if they could spend that with the charities that they knew were making a difference in their community, that they had, that they were, they had boots on the ground. They were watching with like a hawk. Uh, you're going to get better outcomes by spending less money. But you'd have way, 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 way more money because the government is stealing over 50% of everybody's income when you include the hidden taxes and the inflation. So most people in the United States, you know, they pay they understand the percentage that they're getting, you know, robbed on the 1040. What a lot of people don't realize is there's a lot of hidden taxes. Every time you you know, pay your cell phone bill, every time you pay your cable television bill, every time you get a hotel room, every time you get a rental car, every time you get an airline ticket. I bought an airline ticket to London a couple of uh, years ago. Uh, the ticket itself was $400. It was a $1,200 ticket. The ticket itself was 400 bucks, and it was $800 in uh, taxes and landing fees and things like that. And so, you know, every time you get a beer, it just goes on and on and on. And then there's the tax of inflation, which is, you know, stealing the value out of everybody else's money when they let these banks create money out of thin air. The banks creating money out of thin air, that's where they got the money to buy up the media. The first thing the banks bought was they bought up the media. It's the the banks at the top of the pyramid. And the first thing they did when they got the ability to create money out of thin air using fractional reserve banking. As they brought up the media, so the media wouldn't tell you what's going on and why your dollar
2: is really losing value. Mm. It's, oh. it's just so wild yeah. when you think about the whole thing. I, I just want to uh, maybe get into, uh, you know, you talk about intergenerational organized crime, and so where do all these different organizations, like where do they find people to 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 be good loyal soldiers? You know, you have you have. Um, organizations that people talk about within different truth conspiracy circles like the trilateral commission um the council on uh on foreign relations uh the Bilderberg group like is it just all these people that are part of these orgs and then they're hiring each other and they're putting people in place and then there's a top-down thing where people are just doing what they need to do like can you talk about how this whole crime syndicate works
1: yeah sure so so um So first of all, this has been going on for a long time. Yeah. In a lot of cases, it's the family business, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, You take a look at the Bush family, you know, starting with like Prescott Bush, uh, who was a senator in the United States. And then you had George Bush Sr., who was uh, a representative, head of the CIA, and president. And then you had George Bush Jr., who was, uh, you know, president of the United States, Uh again, and if you like even if you just take a look at kind of the modern history, you had uh you had four years, you had you had you had uh Bush Sr. as the head of the secret police. I mean the CIA. It's funny how when you call it the secret police like they do in the Soviet Union, like makes sense to how all this works. Uh, and then he becomes uh vice president for eight years. Okay, so so George Bush Sr. is vice president for eight years. And then he becomes president for four years. Then he tags out with the Clintons. And then here comes George Bush Jr. for eight years, surrounded by all of his dad's henchmen who are really running things and doing everything, you know, for the front man, George Bush Jr. So that is a long, long time of control. And so there are uh, there are secret societies and so uh, Bush Senior was a member of Skull and Bones. Bush Junior is a member of Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones is the Russell Trusts, old opium dealers. And so that that the money that they left to Yale University and to Skull and Bones is money from people willing to slave people up using narcotics. Okay, so criminals left this money, and then you take a look at that. You know, at, at the at where the where the members of Skull and Bones end up, they all end up in the government. They all end up in these, you know, these cartel companies, etc. There's another feeder program called the Rhodes Scholars. Uh, uh, Cecil Rhodes was a diamond magnate uh, in Africa for the, the for the Rothschild family. He was running diamond mines in Africa. He left a uh, a will the size of a small book, uh, and he left enough money. Uh, To keep to essentially control, uh, you know, to control things for years on end, and they've got a scholarship program called the Rhodes Scholarship, where they identify people that have, you know, uh, have potential, and they invest in them, and they bring them up in the, you know, in the program. There's the the council. There's 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 four major organizations. There's the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, and the Bilderberg Group, and the World Economic Forum. And so the World Economic Forum is what I I believe is organizing the companies that have been stolen through fractional reserve banking. So we're gonna so the so the so the banks are at the top of the pyramid. Banks create money out of thin air using fractional reserve banking. They take the obscene profits and they are giving certain companies unlimited capital to consolidate their own industries. All right. And then those assets are being managed by BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street and Barclays and others, okay? And then the, the CEOs are being organized in organizations like the World Economic Forum, Bilderberg, also on Foreign Relations and Trilateral Commission. Those are the organizations, If you, I like to say, if you're going to rob the world, you have to have needed. And so those are the organizations that allow this organized crime syndicate to get together, to get their members together in secure facilities around the world, in secure facilities around the world on a regular basis, where they're able to give everybody the marching orders, whether the marching order is is to sell the scam of 9-11 or the scam of COVID or the scam of the Oklahoma City bombing or, you know, the Great Reset or whatever the scam of the day is. Uh, those are the organizations that are organizing the thousand-plus companies that have been consolidated by the banks, you know, stolen. Essentially, they stole these companies with, with little paper tickets they created out of thin air. And then they're buying up the world with these little paper tickets, and BlackRock and Vanguard are managing the companies that, that have, have, uh, have uh, uh, been bought up by the banks. Well, wow. where does, where
0: does Trump fit in this picture
1: uh, He's a television show. He's an actor. So it's a puppet show, and uh, he is one of the puppets. and the fact that he went along with COVID, and the fact that he, you know, he's going along with fractional reserve banking and confiscatory taxation and, and you, know, warfare you know continued warfare. He's 100 percent you, know, kind of in on it. He put uh, Goldman Sachs at Treasury. We take a look at his cabinet it's full of you know of, of world economic forum people his daughter's part of the world economic forum um uh, he's 100 percent in on it he's just acting he's an actor he's an entertainer he's you know and and everybody get they get everybody fighting over you know this candidate or that candidate and you know and 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 it's, if you think about it the republicans say hey Elect my guy and he's going to rob everybody and he's going to put these policies into place. And the Democrats are like, no, no, no. Elect my guy and he's going to rob everybody and he's going to put these policies into place. And it's really only voluntarists that are like, hey, let's not rob anybody. The government's a dumb idea. The world's a self organizing system. It produces spontaneous order. Everything the government does would be done better, faster, cheaper by the private market. And, free enterprise and and mutual aid societies, nonprofits and charities and things like that. We don't need government at all. And so that's your choice. That, by the way, I like to call volunteerism the only ism that is fair for everybody. So every other ism, socialism, communism, democratic republicanism, there's a ruling class that has rights that you don't, where they got them, nobody knows, okay? has rights that you don't, they get to give orders. They get to use violence. They get to use extortion on everybody else. The only ism that's fair for everybody is voluntarism. Nobody gets the ring of power. Nobody has rights that other people don't. There's, you know, Nobody gets to use violence or extortion on anybody else. Everything that needs to be done can be done voluntarily through the civic organizations and mutual aid societies. And so really it's the only... Uh, You know, it's the only ism that's fair for everybody, which is why they want to make it look seedy and nasty and everything like that.
0: What about capitalism?
1: So when I say uh, when I say like 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 capitalism is kind of a loaded term Mm. because everybody has uh, in in, in its its true sense. uh, Well, my version of capitalism is uh, a free market. Yeah. Where everybody get you know, where where there's where nobody has rights that other people don't, and that every exchange that's made in a free market benefits both parties, or you wouldn't do it. Like yeah. when you go to the grocery store and you want to buy a can of beans, you'd rather have the can of beans than the money, and the store owner would rather have your money than the can of beans. And so that's a deal. Everybody wins in that system that's that's win-win versus you know socialism communism democratic republicanism there's this ruling class that gets to use violence and extortion on everybody else and that's you know that's not free market um we don't have free market capitalism in the united states we have a mixed economy the government is it's involved in the economy in many many different ways it's absolutely not a free market and all of the all of the the crimes and the problems that most of people associate with with capitalism isn't associated with capitalism it's associated with crony capitalism yep. and crony capitalism is the government that's going to be giving you money is going to be taking your money and giving it to certain companies for weapon systems that we don't need to fight wars based on lies and manufactured intelligence. And, and, you know, and, and that has absolutely nothing to do with capitalism, but part of what the government does is just confuse everybody so that people don't understand. They're not even on the same page with the terms. So I just wanted to make sure i defined my terms.
0: Oh yeah. It's, it's one of the most misconstrued and loaded terms, um, out there for sure. So what are your thoughts
1: on Ayn Rand? Uh, I have a son named Rand, so how does that sound? Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge, huge fan of her work. Uh, um, I thought Atlas Shrugged. I've read you know thousand plus books. Atlas Shrugged is my number one favorite. Uh, Fountainhead is my number two favorite. And uh, I too am looking for Galt's Gulch, uh, where you know we can get you know we can we can create a society that doesn't have any government. Yeah. And so I'm I'm working with something called the Free State Project in New Hampshire. And i think they're going to be the first state that secedes and creates a laboratory of liberty where we were able to prove that you can have a you know a high-tech functioning modern society without government and that everything that the government provides will just be provided by you know the free market or mutual aid societies or real charities or private security companies or private dispute resolution companies that already exist today that you know like in fact most contracts that people because the government court system sucks so bad. The majority of contracts that get written today specify uh binding arbitration instead of going to the government's crazy court produces crazy, ridiculous judgments and has no logic or you know uh anything to it. And so uh so you don't want to go to the government's courts. Uh, and so, most people are already using uh, binding arbitration today, which just kind of proves my point that almost everything that the government does would be done better, faster, cheaper if it wasn't for the government.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a bit of a online gulch gulch of sorts birthing. You know, there's there's people who are who are waking up and and recognizing these these truths that are being shared here. And it's kind of decentralizing. They're with they're withdrawing themselves from these systems which they know are oppressive. And totalitarian and they're voluntarily choosing to work with others who are on the same page. And we're kind of extracting ourselves and building something. And I feel, I feel a sense that through particularly the COVID scheme in particular, um, there's been a birth of sorts of people who are beginning to, I guess, really walk that path in a profound way. And I find it pretty exciting, uh, to be honest.
1: I agree completely. You're 100%. The COVID has woken up uh, so many people to the scam of government and the fact that the media is in on it and that the media is lying to them. And so, you know, so people are, you know, people are are figuring it out all over the world. And I think it's, I think that that, that's been, that is the big secret. That's the biggest scam in history.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I think that once that becomes widely known, like people, I think that, that, you know, it's going to be kind of like the hundredth monkey effect where people are going to just get it and they're like, no, oh, the government's been a scam the whole time. It's completely illegitimate. There's no way to have legitimate government. It's just, it's been the biggest scam in history. And I think it's, that is going to sweep through society and, you know, like a tidal wave. And it's going to, and, and, you know, if we, if we can get rid of it here, I think every other government is going to fall. And I think that that's why they're trying to bring down the United States right now is because this is the center of the information revolution. That's where the internet is. That we've got a history of of liberty, individual liberty, and limited government, and 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 you know just protecting life, liberty, and property. And so that revolution is, ha- is happening here, which is why they're trying to you know clamp down on it and, and try and and maybe even collapse the economy just to you know to 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 uh, ensure that it that you know it's you know, nobody has any resources to do anything about it once they realize what happened. Yeah. So do you think, um,
2: with everything that's happening, because I feel like we're just getting bigger and greater government, that the
1: solution is
2: for people to, you know, buy land?
1: And, uh, yeah. And I know uh, I can't tell you how many people I know that are that are that are buying land. They're they're um, buying it with friends, and family, and 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 they're you know they're building on it and they're building self sustainable communities off-grid self-sustainable communities where if the if if it does if we do hit double digit or hyperinflation or whatever it is they can go and they can get economic they get agriculturally self-sufficient on a well and and you know and and be able to you know ride out any kind of societal you know uh uh, issues develop you know from a collapse Hmm. the answer your
2: question bro. It does answer my question. Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm always (laughs) curious because it's like, well, what are the steps? Like we're in this, there's this bifurcation that's been happening even more so the last like few years and, you know, the government's doing what it's doing and it's like, well, we we can't just like the system isn't going to just like disappear overnight and then a new system is going to grow. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, what does each individual do? to To become more sovereign, to be more sufficient in their life. And so, you know, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I mean, my wife and I are doing it in in our own way. Now, granted, we're still in California, so that's a shit show here. But uh, I'm curious to see, you know, how things are going to unfold. Um, can you, because um, you've talked about it a little bit, about government is the greatest scam of all time, mm-hmm. but the second greatest scam of all time is COVID. And I heard you give like an executive summary of executive summary around the whole COVID thing really quickly and succinctly. And I would just love to integrate that into this episode if, if you're
1: down. So I think the COVID was the en- manufactured engineered reason for the bailouts. We're going to say they spent billions to get trillions. And I think it's a eugenics program. And so some of the, the the families that have been behind the scenes of the government that have been using government to rob and control the population, especially uh, the Rockefeller family, especially the Carnegies—you uh, know, those two families have been behind the eugenics movement. They left billions and billions and billions of dollars. They were known eugenicists. They funded eugenics. They funded the whole thing. They left billions and billions and billions of dollars to eugenics. They continue today, and so uh, so I think that they spent uh, billions to make trillions, and that that the real scam of the COVID was the bailouts, and it was the ability for the for the uh, Federal Reserve to intervene in the Treasury market. So I think the Treasury market was blowing up. The U.S. government was borrowing 1.1 trillion a year by selling bill bonds and notes on Wall Street. And i don't think people were really coming to the auctions they had been caught to straw purchases most famously in belgium where a, where a former assistant secretary of the treasury paul craig roberts who was also you know the editor of the wall street journal called them out on it and said there's no way like you guys are you guys are behind like you know there's no way that belgium just spent you know twice its gdp by 140 billion dollars worth of u.s treasuries it looks like they've been doing uh, straw purchases out of the Cayman Islands as well. And I think they had gotten to the point of where they really, you know, they, 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 were, borrow, they were having to borrow so much more money that they were going, they, they needed to intervene. And so in uh, December of 2019, January of 2020, the Fed began getting caught. Fed is in the United States. The Federal Reserve is prohibited by law from buying treasuries at the auctions. Um, it can buy them in the secondary market, but it can't buy them at the auctions. And so, in uh, in November, December of 2019, January of 2020, all of a sudden, um, uh, the, it was it, it came out that the Fed wasn't buying them at the auctions. The Fed was buying them from, from the primary dealers one day later and so uh because these uh bills bonds and notes have what's some, something called a qsip number you know attached to it uh and and you can follow where they get traded and who owns it whatever a lot of the sites like zero hedge chris martinson.com again you know publishing articles about why is the fed buying billions and billions of dollars worth of bonds one day after the auction from the treasury market for you know from the primary dealers And so uh, I think the COVID was the engineered reason why the, oh, see, normally we don't intervene in the treasury market, but who knew that we were going to have this pandemic? So that's why the Fed's got to spend $80 billion uh, a month, okay, uh, intervening in the treasury markets, buying U.S. treasuries. And so I think those were the two scams we're going to. End out trillions in bailouts, and we're going to allow the Fed to uh, to intervene in the treasury markets because of this act of God pandemic that nobody could have seen coming.
0: <laughs> I hear you, man. Etienne, thank you so much for your time. Guys, go get the book, Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed. I'm going to put all his links in the show notes and the brief just below. Um, do you have a final message for our audience before you bounce on this one?
1: uh yeah so even you know if voluntarism seems scary uh you know take a look at it and really think about it and uh uh you know and ask yourself you know could there be a way of organizing society without government and really try and understand the market mechanism the capital creation the invisible hand the things that that uh that uh, you know spontaneous order yeah, and, and really understand that there's market dynamics that would give you every single thing that you want from government except redistribution. You can't rob Peter to pay Paul because that's immoral. Uh, but I assure you that there are market mechanisms that would provide everything that you want for the you know, armed protective services, the air traffic control, which is already privatized in Canada. That's the big secret. We don't need government. And uh, you can find out more at artofliberty.org. Government
0: scam.com. Legend. Thanks, Amazing. At the end. Yeah. Keep, keep keep doing your thing. We all appreciate it.
1: You yeah, guys you too, man. So much is, we're all going to win it together, man. We're all going to put you across the line together. It is a group effort. And thank you for what you guys do as well. Yeah, Hi, man. man. It's, it's
2: exciting times, man. All the
0: best to you. Thank you. I we're going to win part. this thing. Wow. What an absolutely incredible conversation. Um, this is my thoughts on this, though. Like the masses, in my view, are they ready for voluntarism? because have, haven't most people been brainwashed with this aversion to responsibility? I mean, I think they
2: definitely have, you know, but so it's kind of when I was going into that question around, like, you know, we have people who like they're out of a certain psychology, like, are they ready for this? Could they, could they get behind this idea? Um, I mean, it is, I agree with him, you know, the society is, self, is self-organizing. How does that self-organization look? And, you know, what are some of the growing pains and obstacles that you're going to have to go through? That's a whole other thing. But I, I think a lot of people are not ready for this level of level of responsibility that, um, that comes with, uh, you know, being a voluntarist and creating a, a life of true freedom and, and personal responsibility.
0: Yeah, which is also why I think Rand was incredibly on point. Because I think what's happening now is that the individuals are waking up, that are willing to claim full full responsibility, are willing to build independence and self reliance. They are kind of extricating themselves and building their own kind of quote unquote utopia, their own society where things are done based on voluntary exchange, um, without with, with, without the oppressive government. And I think as the as the few within the masses begin to wake up, eventually they're just going to find themselves bridging into into this new arena, which is birthing. And to me, this is absolutely the solution. And uh, this path is possible and available to every single human being that's that's listening. And part of the, the core reason that we built here for the truth in the first place is because that's exactly what we're here for. We realize that these systems do not serve us on any level. We realize there's this incredible oppression going on. So, what is the path that we want to walk? How can we maintain that authenticity within this corruption, within this culture? And it's just incredible to see that just eighty four episodes later, as you walk that path, you begin you, you begin to form a bigger picture. Optimism definitely grows. Um do, do you know what I mean? Like it's like when you're when you're in the dredges, when you're just in the thick of it, it's like you can't see any light coming through the forest. But then as you begin to walk it and speak your truth and build build independence and build self-reliance, you find yourself connecting, you find yourself growing, you find yourself beginning to see through the trees, so to speak. Um, And honestly, like power can be reclaimed by the individual. And the worst thing for me is people that get trapped in just that doom and gloom narrative and think that we have to wait for every single person to rise up, every single person to stand up, every single person to wake up. Otherwise, everything's fucked.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not. I I kind of don't care if everyone wakes up. I mean, it'd be great if that happened, but it's not realistic. Uh, I I just want to focus on what I can control, you know. And there's something beautiful that happens when you're living your life, when you're living your truth. I mean, I I say this all the time, but look at what's happened, what's been going on with us for the last 15 months. You know, none of this would be possible if we didn't stand in our truth. If we didn't go, hey, this is what I want to do. This is the life that I want. This is how I want to move forward. You know, and so it is. Everything is possible. Um, when you align with these values yeah, um,
1: and it's, excuse me,
2: and it's, <laughs> yeah, I got a little scratch in my throat. And, um, and again, this is a big reason why we created beyond here for the truth, but why we created rise above the herd, you yeah. know, we, we, we really wanted to create, um, a platform and, and a program to support people with, um, some of the knowledge from some of the great minds to, to, to help them take Full responsibility and to build self-reliance and to have
0: the confidence to move forward. Yeah. And the thing is, unless you decondition, unless you deprogram from the truth about selfishness, capitalism, collectivism, etc., how are you going to have the psychological fortitude to actually see the path, to actually know which way to walk and to know that you're capable of it as well? Um, because We've been so conditioned to even just, just purely around capitalism that we have no idea what it means to trade value for value. We think that everything's corrupt. We think that everything's crony. We think that anyone that builds themselves up and creates value, many people, not everyone, you know, there, there, there's, there's a level of corruption involved in that. Um, and we really need to begin to reclaim what these words mean and to be empowered by the, the, the these systems that are possible and available to us. So that's it from us, guys. If, if you're interested in, uh, in 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 that deconditioning process and beginning to build sovereignty and independence and develop the real psychological foundation with the knowledge from some of the great masters of the past who have tr- built these tenants for us, then yeah, Rise Above The Herd is absolutely an option and available and reach out at any time. You can find everything you need to know at riseabovetheherd.co. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we appreciate every single one of you for the ongoing support. We're not on DoucheTube anymore. Our, our, our videos are mainly going to be hosted on our website. We may consider jumping to another platform as well. Other than that, please rate, review, subscribe, and much love. We'll see you next time. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms because they'd be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean. Fast forward in evolution to a place where we can share our confusions. Yep, yeah. 450 BC, I'm sharing tea with.